Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hello there, and welcome to episode 71 of The Social Circus. I am your host, Sarah Thompson, and we are now in week three of Meta Month. And I sincerely hope that you are enjoying these kind of deep dive into the world of Meta, aka Facebook. So in the first uh, episode that I did, episode 69, two weeks ago, I gave you a little bit of an overview of Meta as a parent company and um, where it sat in the market and the different brands that existed within it. Uh, Last week, I did an introduction to Meta ads, which were formerly known as Facebook ads what brands we could run our ads on and a little bit of a kind of a whistle stop tour of ads. Today, what I wanted to do was talk about meta ads and I wanted to talk about what I think are the top mistakes that people make when it comes to running their ads. And I think this is a really important episode because I know as a small business owner, the money that we spend in our business should be spent with really strong intention that we are not wasting our money that we are not just throwing it away because uh, Meta will happily take your money, whether your ad works or not. And they will make some comments to tell you if your ad is underperforming, for example, but they will happily let you keep spending that money. And it's really up to you to kind of work out why your ad is and isn't performing. So I think the first mistake that I want to talk about is the fact that many people don't understand what ad success looks like. And so by that, I mean, they don't understand Um, What are the benchmarks that they should be looking at for their ad in terms of how it should perform? Um, What are their click-through rates? Um, What are their conversion rates? All of that kind of data. Now, if you are not across this, I will put a link in the show notes to a really great um, document that gets produced. Uh, It gets updated every few months and it has the benchmarks that we can expect from our meta ads by industry. And this is an incredibly helpful thing to do because it's really easy to look at your ad and assume that it is not working because you have not made any money off it, i.e. it hasn't converted into sales. Now, that may be true, but it also may not be true. So what we need to do is understand where the kind of, what should we call it? So where the kind of weakness exists in our funnel. And if our ad is performing according to benchmarks, i.e. our click-through rate, is where it should be. Our cost per click is where it should be. Um, It is not our ad that is not performing. It can be the landing page or the sales page or wherever we are sending them to isn't performing. So the first thing I want you to understand is that you should know what the benchmarks are for meta ads and you should understand these. So first of all, you go in with a realistic expectation on what you can expect your ad to perform like. And secondly, because if your ad isn't working, You need to understand what part of your process is not working. Is it the ad or is it your sales and landing page? So that's my first big piece of advice that people mistakenly think their ad isn't performing when sometimes it's not their ad, but they don't understand benchmarks and therefore they don't understand what does success look like or what does it not look like. And most people think that if I haven't made a sale, my ad isn't working. And that is just simply not true. It can be other factors for that. Now, the other thing that I see people do, and maybe it's because I'm a little bit mean with money that I don't tend to do this and I realize that other people do do it, is that they put something through an ad, like an offer, a product, um, 
you know, a freebie, a paid service. And what they haven't done is they haven't tested it organically. Now, what that means is they haven't put it out to their audience to see if people are interested in the product or service. Now, this is a really, really simple step. And I think sometimes in our excitement when we want to run ads and think we're going to make lots of money is we forget to just test it organically with our audience. Now, what we are generally looking for is, and this is kind of like a, I'm just going to call it a back back of a fag packet measure because that's what we used to call it when I was in first in sales as a graduate um, a million years ago. We used to just call it. And so what that simply means is it's a rudimentary guide for you. So it's not something that people want to live or die in, in terms of market research. But what I would say to you is if your landing page or your sales page has not had 100 visits to it, it is not reasonable for you to have any guess as to whether or not that is working. Okay, so if your page that you're wanting to run an ad to doesn't has not had traffic through it of at least 100 visits, which is like absolute minimum, you cannot then say, does this page work? Does it convert? Is the offer interesting to my audience? Because if you haven't had that number through, it's really hard for you to judge. Like if you just send like, say you have a small email list and it's people who love you, that is not a good gauge of it. You need to put it out to your organic audience. You need to put it out to people who are not warm and don't know you very well. So my advice when you before you run an ad is test that concept organically. Put out some posts, put out some emails, see what traction you get and see what conversion rate you get. Now, again, there are benchmarks for conversions and they vary wildly according to what it is that you are doing. So again, um, I'll put the link in there for you so you can have a look at that that kind of data that's produced. I think it's Statista that does it um, and on what our conversion rates are. But let me give you a good rule of thumb. If you are doing something like a lead magnet, which is a freebie that people sign up to, your landing page for that should convert at over 20%. And I would go so far as to say a really good one will convert at like 40 to 50%. So if it's converting under that, so say 100 people visit and 10 people sign up, it's a 10% conversion rate. I would be looking at how you can improve that landing page before you spend any money on ads, okay? Because tweaking landing pages is a really simple process. And you can get it to perform better before you pay ads to put people in front of it. Okay, so make sure you've done that little bit of testing on your landing page, on your product, your offer, your concept organically before you go and run paid ads. Now, I know there are times when this can seem hard, often when we're in a rush to get something out there. And that's usually when things go badly because we don't do any testing. We don't know if the sales page converts, for example. And then we put ads through and we're like, oh, these ads are rubbish. They're not working at all. And actually what's not working is the sales or landing page. So that's one of the big mistakes that people make is not doing that organic testing before they start running ads to see if people like the offer, to see if the page converts, all of those kind of things that you want to do. I don't want to spend my money doing that kind of testing. I want to be doing organic testing to make sure things are working um, before I get started. And remember, with all my experience, there can still be tech issues. So you can still um, get the button wrong on a landing page. And if you get no conversions, that data will come to light before you've started running ads. So again, you don't want to run ads when something's broken on a page and you've just missed it. If you get no conversions, then it can tell you, well, maybe I need to check every button, check the process is working, check everything is connected correctly. That's really, really important to do that. The other mistake that I think people make when they start running ads again is to do with the landing page. 
And I can't emphasize this enough that so often your ad gets blamed for poor performance when often it's your landing page. Now, one of the critical mistakes that people make with landing pages is just that they do not test it on a mobile. And I can't emphasize enough how much traffic from your meta ads comes from a mobile device. Uh, I don't have the exact data in front of me, but you know from your own scrolling activities, mostly you're on your phone, um, we are on mobile devices. So when we click on an ad and we end up on a page, that page has to look the shizam on a mobile device. Okay, you must, must test it on that. You must have a look at it. You must make sure your buttons look really nice. The images look nice. You can hide images. Please, please, please check out what your landing page looks like on a mobile device before you start running an ad. Okay, because again, Meta is not responsible for that. They don't care if your um, landing page renders well or not. They will happily take your money and you, the, the evidence will be in the poor performance of your conversions because people simply couldn't convert. Landing pages are often a big culprit for poor performing ads and people don't think to look at those. They go straight to their ad and think about what isn't working in my ad and why is it not working? And I always say the first place to start is the where you did you send them, particularly if the data in terms of your cost per click um, and your um, click through rate is on track with benchmarks, then it's not your ad that's not performing. It is definitely your landing page. So have a look at that. The other thing that um, I think people really do poorly is that they make the mistake of not understanding their ideal customer. Now, this is Marketing 101, and I'm certain I've talked about it in past podcasts, um, but if you don't get this right, you are just sort of throwing something at a wall and hoping that it sticks, okay? It is never true that your product or service or offer is ideal for everyone. It is never true. And honestly, if I had a dollar for every time a customer told me that, I would have retired by now. Because people mistakenly think that just because your product is appropriate for everybody to use, that your ideal customer is everybody. All right. So the term ideal customer in ads, it's called an audience. Um, in marketing, we might call it a custom avatar. We might call it a target market, target audience. All of those terms can be used interchangeably. What you need to know is for your ad, who is your audience? And your audience is always those people who are most likely to buy the product, okay? Please don't try and market to everybody because when you talk to everyone, you talk to no one, all right? You have to talk to your audience and you have to talk to their problems. So I want you to be really clear on that. Now, if you happen to have a business that has multiple target audiences, which is completely reasonable, do not make the mistake with your ads of bundling them all into one kind of super audience. All right. Because again, in your ad set, in your ad setup, that is where you create your different audiences. And from that, you can create different ads that speak to their specific problem. All right. So remember the idea behind knowing who your ideal customer is, is then you are able to talk to their problem. All right. And I'll give you a really easy example. Um, that's very simple to understand. So I am, I'm a middle-aged woman and my mum is a boomer and I have a niece, a 19-year-old niece who is, I don't know what that generation is called, Generation Insta. And so the three of us will sometimes go out together for a girl's day out and we might go for lunch and we might go for a day spa. Now at that day spa, we might all get the same treatment. 
So when we go to the day spa, we can all have the same treatments, but here's the reality of it. My mum, who is a boomer, so that generation of plus 70-year-olds, she goes to that day spa just to relax. She just enjoys hanging out with me and my niece. Um, she just enjoys having a relaxing treatment. She doesn't have massive expectations on what, how she's going to come out, except for hopefully more relaxed. Now, I go into that treatment and I want to walk out looking younger. My niece goes in and thinks that somehow her beautiful young skin is going to look more perfect and she can be that insta-filtered look that she thinks is really aspirational. So you can see how the three of us as different, broad, different age demographic, just as one divider, all have different problems that we want solved when we go for the same treatment at a day spa. So if you were to lump all of us in an audience of, say, women aged 18 plus, because we're having the same treatment, you're not going to talk to the problems. Because if you said to me, come out feeling more relaxed, I don't really want to feel more relaxed. I want to look younger. So remember that you must break your audience up into logical groups where you can talk to the same problem and it makes sense for that target audience. So if you're not sure what this looks like, some really obvious places to start are your Google Analytics, which tells you the demographic breakdown of your website traffic. And in Meta Business Suite, um, under Insights, you can look at your Facebook and Instagram audiences and what that looks like. And hopefully you're going to find some similarities between the two. And you can use your anecdotal evidence of clients who you've worked with in the past that you really like, that you think these guys are a perfect fit. And it's always a good idea to use that as a starting point. But I love data to back up and substantiate what you believe to be true. Okay. So that is one of the big mistakes people make is doing a poor job of audience definition, i.e. having it far too broad and thinking that broad is better because it's a larger audience size when actually that is not the case at all. The other thing that people do, which really makes me super sad because I love data and data always guides us when we're running ads is that they don't do any testing. So when it comes to your ads, the structure of an ad in ads manager is there is a campaign, which you have one of, which should be for one action that you have, like getting people to a landing page to sign up. And then underneath that, you have ad sets. And within the ad sets, you choose your audience and you choose your placement. So what platforms is it going to go on? And within those platforms, what are the placements like real stories, that kind of thing. So that's in your ad set. And then in your ad, you then have your creative, like your headline, the copy, the image, the call to action button. So there are lots of points you can see along the way within ad sets and ads where you can do testing. Now, what is really important with testing is treat it like a science experiment. So if you think back to the days at school when you were doing experiments, which was super fun part of high school, and you only changed one variable to do testing, all right? You want to be really clear in your mind about that one variable. Now, um, when I work with agencies, this is where their magic comes in because they will often have like 100, 200 creatives running at a time because they're testing so many variables. So what they will do is they will have one audience and that's going on all placements to start with, right? So in the ad set, there's that. And then within the ad where we do the creative, they might test six different images and that's the only variable that they change. Once they get a winning image, they might then test six different headlines and then get a winner. Then they're going to test six different call to action buttons. And then the ad copy is usually done in that order. And then you're going to get a winner that works really, really well. And at the same time, I would be doing this. I would be testing different audiences and I would be testing different placement options. 
But what you must always do is retain that integrity so that you can kind of go, there's only one variable within that testing ad and ad set and I can see which one's going to be the winner. I'm not testing five different variables, so I don't know what has made it perform better. I need to be really clear on what has performed better for each one. So this is a great idea to do some really rigorous testing like this. Now, for most people, this seems very daunting. And I would say to you, the easiest thing to test is always images. And in, in an advertising world, we would always test images according to our audience. So what you would typically do is test an, an image of yourself, for example. Um, and I always test a fun and a sensible image of myself. You test an image that shows your ideal customer in the image. For example, if your ideal customer is like a woman age 35, show her in the ad itself. And then test someone who might feel like an authority figure to that ideal customer. So it might be like a slightly older female, for example. You then want to test non-human based images. So this might be an image, for example, of your course, of your product, or like a, like, a, um, like a screenshot or something like that. So you've got about six different types of images that you can test. And that's one of the easiest things to test in an ad. And once you start doing testing, you start to get quite confident because you understand benchmarks and you understand what it is that you are looking for to see whether or not it's performing. So this is something I would really encourage you to try out because one of the biggest mistakes, and I'm going to wrap up on this point, is that most people don't do testing of their ads. And if they do, they do inadequate, inadequate testing and they don't also have those benchmark data to use. And then what happens is they've been running an ad for a couple of weeks and like, oh, no one's buying. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn the ad off. And like my little marketing heart breaks in half when I hear that, because I just think all of that data that you have been collecting has just been wasted because you've decided to turn your ad off. The worst thing you can do is turn your ad off. What I always say to people is if your ad's not performing, dial it right back to like $5 a day and make it a top priority in your business to go and do some ad testing. So go and do some different images in Canva, go and try out some different audiences and really give it a best shot of success. So this is one of the really big reasons that people outsource to an agency is because all of this takes time and energy for you in your business. Now, if you're running a business business, and I'll be really honest, I struggle with this myself. And sometimes I get irritated that I just don't have the bandwidth to test ads like I would like to. And so I really commit myself to not starting an ad till I've got all of those different elements ready to test, like my different audiences set up, my different images set up, different headlines set up. Because if you can do that and get it running within a couple of weeks, you're going to have some ads that are winners and that perform really, really well. So that is kind of like a whistle stop to of what I perceive the issues are with ads that main the, like the main mistakes that people make. Now, I definitely could go on and on with why I think people do ads poorly. But by and large, can I just say it is generally not the tech, i.e. setting your ad up in ads manager that lets us down. It's those other variables that we don't consider. And these are like marketing and advertising fundamentals. So if you can get yourself feeling a little bit more confident about those kind of things, like understanding a sales funnel, understanding how a landing page should convert, understanding how to check things in mobiles, those are all vital skills that you need to have before you start throwing your money at Mark Zuckerberg. I promise you, he does not need more of your money, but he will happily take it. So do keep that in mind that you want to give your ads the best chance of success 
So you must allocate some time and energy to understanding your ads, having time and space to test them rather than turning them off and getting grumpy that they didn't work. So I hope that that's been a really helpful episode for you today. Um, I'll look forward to tuning in with you next week. And in next week's episode, what I'm going to be doing is I have asked in um, my membership, um, Blooming Biz Academy, um, for them to give me their questions on their common problems that they have with meta ads. So I'm going to be answering those questions, um, which is going to be really exciting because I'll be interested to see what people will have as questions rather than what I think you might like to know. So thank you, as always, for tuning into the social circus and thank you for tuning into Meta Month. I am absolutely loving this. One of my clients, um, shout out to you, Mel, said to me the other day, she goes, I was listening to you talking about it, Meta Month. She goes, you're fully geeking out. And I said, yeah, I love that stuff. So I hope that you're enjoying it as much as I am. And I look forward to catching you the same time next week on The Social Circus. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.